Coming up on this episode of AARP's Perfect Scam. The scammers are always thinking of stuff, and they're very creative and they're very nimble. You know, they walked away with a quarter of a million dollars. There are a lot of scammers out there, and they all have one goal, to separate you from your money. What would you do if you were scammed? Who would you turn to? Who would you call? On today's episode, we're going to introduce you to some of the AARP's top fraud experts. These are people who are working with scam victims and potential victims every day across the country. These are, in fact, the people who want you to call when you've been scammed, and they're helping all of us do a better job protecting ourselves. For The Perfect Scam, I'm Will Johnson. I am joined by the AARP Fraud Watch Network Ambassador Frank Abagnale. Frank, thanks for being here. Thank you, Will. Frank is, uh, as you hopefully know, one of, uh, I can say this, one of the most famous impersonators of all time. Perhaps. Con men, whatever you like. Yeah. Con men, maybe. Has there ever been a Frank Abagnale impersonator that you're aware of? Yeah, I think there's some people that have tried to mimic some of the things I've done. Uh, I don't know if they've been very successful at it, but occasionally I'll see in the paper where they'll say similar to Frank Abagnale. Got it. Uh, I do get a kick. I, get, I do get amused that whenever something happens, like some jewel heist or some art heist or something like that, they always refer back like Frank. Well, I never. Doesn't really I, have I don't any, know anything about right, art or, right. or you, you were just, jewelry, uh, but they use me a lot as a reference to every kind of scam or robbery that occurs. Giving yeah. you far much more credit than That's you right. deserve. Uh, I mean, your thing was checks. That's right. Right. Absolutely. Um, all right. So today we are going to talk to members of the AARP Fraud Watch Network team and about some of the amazing things they're doing to help people uh, report scams, find out about scams, get information on scams, and we'll get to that. But first of all, we wanted to have a little fun today. We're going to talk about some of the scams that you might not have heard of out there. Uh, and Frank, you were telling me about one in particular, this shopping scam. Uh, that's probably – it's more of a, a niche scam, I guess, if you yeah. can say that. It's a niche scam, but it's been around quite a while and it's still very popular today. It, it, it does require a lot of work, time, and money. But in the end, the payoff is real big. So – um, the ones that I, one I'm very familiar with was a, a group of people that basically ran ads in out in places like Scottsdale, Arizona, in very high wealth areas, and simply said that they have, were a company that represented very wealthy people on the East Coast who are looking for professional shoppers to buy things that they're too busy to shop. They're running a company or a corporation, and Christmas coming, and they need someone to go out and has good taste that can buy things that they want to get for their family and friends and associates, and that they will be holding interviews for those shoppers at the Ritz-Carlton in Phoenix, Arizona, during these two days. And this is something a professional shopper is a career, is a job, is right. a hobby, but something that exists exactly. in, in some realms. Yeah, exactly. So people go, and they get interviewed by these people, and they're looking for the things like, yes, my husband's a surgeon, here in Phoenix, and I live in the Biltmore Estates, which is a very wealthy neighborhood. Right. And uh, I'm kind of a housewife, and my kids are grown. I'm looking for things to do, but I know good quality goods. So they're looking for people with, with a, a lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah. So then uh, they finally write you a letter and say they selected you and that they have a client that would like for you to be their personal shopper and that uh, what we, how we work this is we will send you a cashier's check for $50,000. And just so we are clear, what is a cashier's check? Cashier's check, like an official bank check where the money's already been put aside. Okay. And that will send you the cashier's check and you deposit in your account. And then we will then forward you in a short period of time a list of things that they would like to purchase. 
and then you can go out and purchase. And of course, they get paid a fee or a commission for uh, for doing these to things. do the shopping to itself. The shopping so you get the itself. check, and then you get paid up front for the for what you're doing. Or? Well, you don't. You get paid. Supposedly, you'll get supposedly. paid a commission or so on. So then what happens is you follow it up very quickly with an email or a phone call saying that the person has changed their mind after you deposited the check and that they've decided to not do that. And we ask that you refund the money immediately and you can either wire us the money to this account. However, do take out $2,500 for your services and the time you took and devoted to this project. So you've gotten a check for, say, $10,000 to go shopping. And now you're told you've deposited that into your account. Right. You are told to send that money back, but take out uh, $2,500. And so you send back 7500 Right. And, well, and how that works. And, and to keep in mind, the ones I've seen are all around 50000 or more because people <laughs> they're buying for are buying very expensive jewelry and gifts. Right. But when you deposit the check, because that woman married to the surgeon, he and her husband are well-established at that bank. They're good customers. They have a great deal of money at that bank. So that means they get immediate credit, okay? Right. So then what happens during that period of time would take that check to clear. They've come back and said, return the money. So that person then goes into the bank and says, I need to wire $48,000 to uh, this bank account. They wire the money only later to find out that the check is no good. Now, by federal law, the endor- the last endorser of the check is who's liable for that loss. So that's her liability. So she's, she's lost the money because she endorsed the check and deposited in her account. The bank really doesn't care that she was scammed or how she was scammed or what happened. The fact is the law is very explicit. The last endorser holds the liability for the check that was deposited. Because that money, that check, wasn't, was a fraud. The check turned out to be fraudulent. She paid out the, the $48,000 she wired back. So She's, she's already sent out. that money back. Right. So she's out all her money. Because so it's a timing the, scam. Yeah. Clearly, they've got to right. get this money back before anybody determines. And how, how long does that And she never take? even got the 2500 because that was supposedly money from a legitimate deposit, which right. turned out to be not so. so. Wow, that's a complicated scam. Yeah. And it can take, you know, ch- still three to five days to clear a check, especially across a uh, country. And that's if they haven't manipulated the routing numbers and things on the check. So these scammers have gone to and, and this is how this is this is really happening. This, this sounds like a movie in and of yeah. itself. Uh, So, you know, I mean, these things happen all the time. Again, you don't hear a lot about it because who wants to jump out there and say, I was defrauded by this scam? Right. Uh, So a lot of times uh, some people do report it and we hear about it. Uh, The one that I was reciting to you was a publicly known. It was in the papers and all of that of what actually happened. But that's how elaborate they can get. But when people think about, well, you know, who goes through all that? Well, yeah. That was one lady. So say there were four or five shoppers that they hired and did that with. You know, they walked away with a quarter of a million dollars. So who cares about what it took to run an ad in the paper and what it took to rent a, a small little meeting room in a hotel for right. a couple of days or five grand? And that would presumably be a small team of people or one or two people or more? It might be one or two people, okay. three people. You know, so that's not a big – it's not. It's a lot of money for a little bit of work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, so from sort of a very involved scam to a very low-tech scam, uh, the mustard scam. <laughs> this is this is real, too. Yeah. Uh, get, get, tell us about this. Uh, you know, the mustard scam is a very well-known scam. And actually, uh, the reason it called the mustard scam, it could be anything. It could be other things. But they usually will take a packet of mustard, put a little slice in it, 
and they will walk up to someone who has a computer bag or a briefcase right sitting by them, could be in the airport, could be outside, and they will kind of walk up and tap you on the shoulder, but while they're tapping you, they're putting the mustard on your coat, and then they simply say, sir, I didn't know if you realize it, but you have some mustard or some stain on your coat. What? You know, and then they go to take their coat off and all that. While they're all occupied with cleaning their coat, the accomplice walks away with their bag. And uh, I, when I did some shows like Crime Watch Tonight and did some video training tapes, we actually did it. It wasn't actors, so we did it to people, and every time it worked. You know, of course, we immediately brought back their stuff, but right. we explained to them how easy you it was You walked up to, to some that. stranger with a bag and would... would right, yeah. and we would do that, and then we'd come back. Of course, we'd have to get their consent to show it on TV or consent to do it, and... Most people always did give their consent, but we explained to them we're trying to educate people about the scam. But on a very basic level, that's a, a little bit of a subterfuge or, or almost like glorified pit, pickpocketing, but it's smoke and mirrors. It's what you do in any scam. You're, you're, you're kind of making people think about the opposite of what you're actually doing. Right. And let's talk about the pickpocket scam. Yes, because, let's do. Um, the pickpocket scam has gotten a lot more sophisticated than the old pickpocket guy back in the 40s and 50s. So uh, what happens here is that you're in New York City, and probably I would say that the best pickpockets in the world are in Grand Central Terminal in New York City. They've been doing it for years. That's how they make a living doing it. Well, it used to be they used to pick your pocket and then take your money out of your wallet and a lot of times just throw everything else away, including the credit cards. They didn't want anything to trace back to them. They were looking for cash. Yeah. Now what they do is they pick your pocket. They go through it and they see a business card or, you know, some people say have a little card in there if lost and it has their name and address. And, and people don't have cash as much anymore right. either. So. so what they do is they immediately call your home and your wife answers and they go, yes, ma'am, my name is Robert Johnson. I was in the Grand Central Terminal this morning and I found a wallet on the ground and I picked it up and it had about $150 cash in it, but also had a Visa, MasterCard, American Express. But I noticed that there was a card in here with the phone number of uh, the person's home, so I'm calling you to tell you that I've found the wallet. Oh, my God. My husband's in New York today. He lost his wallet. He's probably not even aware of it. Well, listen, I've had this happen to me before, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk across the street to the post office, and I will mail this to you right now, priority mail. Oh, that is so kind of you. Not a problem. I'm happy to do it. In the meantime, she calls her husband and says, hey, uh, you lo- yes, I just realized that call the credit card companies, cancel all my cards. No, no, no. The man has found your wallet. He's already dropped it in the mail. He's sending it back priority mail. Oh, great. Don't cancel Well, then anything. he's able to go use all the credit cards and uh, everything because no one's canceling. Everybody sure. falls for that. They fall for that because no one wants to call and cancel all their no, cards. No, no. Uh, wow. Um, all right. So don't. So the thing so is, watch there. yourself in Grand Do not Station. believe that call. You immediately go and cancel your cards. It okay. doesn't cost anything to cancel them. You cancel them, even if it may turn out they sent it back. You temporarily put them cancel. Yeah, them, right? much better to be safer. All right. I lost my 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 credit my wallet actually on a, on a vacation and. Um, my 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 poor mom ended up getting a, a call about some warrant or arrest for for my, my under my name or the, something. I'm not sure what they were what the scam was, and she left this sort of worried message for me. I said, "No, everything's all right." But and I ended up getting a call from the local police department, and they had my wallet. So somehow, I think along the way, it had gotten into somebody's hands who wanted to try to scam me or or my mom, and uh, ended up getting the police department. So I'm not quite sure right. what what path it took there, but. 
All right, uh, Frank. Really interesting stories, uh, and I'm sure there's more scams you could you could share with us, um, ones we've we've never thought of. Um, all right. So up next, we are going to check in with the AARP Fraud Watch Network team. We're going to hear all about how uh, the AARP can help you if you think you've been scammed or if you have been scammed uh, and what they're doing to protect people. All right. I'd like to welcome Kristen Kekheisen. She is the campaign director for the AARP Fraud Watch Network. Kristen, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a scary world out there, and Fraud Watch Network is here to help. There's a, a bunch of components, but the main ones are, are the, the hotline, right, and also the Fraud Watch Network, the map. We have the Fraud Watch Network helpline, yes, where um, people can call if they if they think they've spotted a scam, if they, um, you know, if they've actually experienced a scam, if they've actually been defrauded, they can call our 800 number and talk to, to real live volunteers who can help them figure out what to do and, you know, what what's the next step they need to take. And the map is really, you go on, on the site, what's the site that we can lead people to is? It's aarp.org forward slash Fraud Watch Network. That's easy. And as I look at it, I haven't focused in on any part of the country, but the entire country is an exclamation mark of frauds. And it's kind of frightening. It, I it, mean, it's very frightening. It's very frightening. There are a lot of scammers out there, and they all have one goal, to separate you from your money. Our scam tracking map is a great way to see what's happening across the country, but also what's happening in your own neighborhood. Let me ask you this. This may be a hard thing to track, but if someone has been a victim of a scam or fraud, or is there a sense that they are then more vulnerable? They're on some list or some hackers got them out there. You got it. Yes. One, once a person has been victimized once, um, they are then on what scammers will call a sucker list. And um, they those lists are bought and sold on the, the dark web or, you know, on the basically on, on the, the black market yeah. between scammers. And, you know, if a person has been victimized once for, for a number of reasons, they're more likely to be to be victimized again. And, um, you know, our research has told us time and time again, that if people have experienced negative life experiences, they are are more likely to be defrauded if they are having financial troubles or if they're deeply in debt, if they've suffered the loss of a loved one, if they, um, you know, have lost a job, they're they're more likely to, to be the victim of a scam, you know, perhaps because they're feeling more desperate. You know, and they're they're looking for that good thing that that's going to happen to them. And along comes a scammer who, you know, dangles in front of them, you know, riches, wealth, you know, easy money. You know, they're more likely to, to take them up on it because they're more in need. Well, a lot of times it's it's riches or wealth or easy money. And then a lot of times it's just pure old threats. And people I'm looking at one right now on the scam map. Um from out in the middle of the country, and and it's talking about the IRS saying they're going to file a lawsuit against someone. All of these things that scammers do are intended to get you in a state that they will call under the ether. Under it's the ether. An, this under is an actual ether. term. This is an actual phrase. term that that fraudsters have used. They have you in a in a in a emotional state that makes logic go out the window. When you start to get in that state, you need that's the time to back off, take a few steps back calm down and say, I need to think about this. Let me call you tomorrow. Tell us about some scams that are that people are seeing a lot of or getting well, a lot of calls about. There's a there's a um, uh, actually a fairly new scam out there right now um, for people who are Medicare age. Um, people may or may not know that um, Medicare, Medicare is going to be replacing 
your old Medicare cards. Currently, your Medicare card has your Social Security number on it. And what's going on right now is that they're calling people up. They're, you know, they're they're telling them, hey, your Medicare card's going to be replaced. It's not going to have the Social Security number on it anymore. And for just, you know, $200, we can expedite that replacement of your card so you won't be, you know, vulnerable to this kind of fraud anymore. And people are saying, well, okay, you know, if that's if that's what hap- what's happening, I need to do that. Um, but in fact, that is not the case. If you are a Medicare beneficiary, your your card will be replaced automatically. Those um, and they'll be phased in over time. There's nothing you can do to make it come faster, and there's there's nobody out there who wants money to replace your card. And we also um, are are getting ready to launch an initiative to warn people about um, about ancestry websites on on Facebook as well. There's a lot of them out there. Some of them are legitimate. legitimate. Others are not. And they ask you for a lot of personal information, you know, which seems logical because, right, you're trying to help people find their, you know, their relatives, their ancestors and so on. So they, you know, they ask for a lot of personal information that, um, you know, that that scammers can use to, to steal your identity. All right. So, Kristen, if people want to go to the website, look at the map uh, or or call where they need to go. And again, this is for, you know, this is important for somebody who maybe has been the victim of a scam, but maybe your mom or dad or maybe your grandparents, people of all ages can go here and, and see what's going on. Go to aarp.org forward slash fraud watch network. Tons of great resources there. And if 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 you if you think you've been a victim of a scam, um, you know, or if you if you've just spotted something and you're really not sure about whether it's a scam and you want to talk to somebody about it, please call our helpline. Call the Fraud Watch Network helpline at 877-908- Three three six zero. All right, Christian Keckheisen is campaign director for the AARP Fraud Watch Network. Thanks a lot for talking to us. Thank you. All right, we'd like to welcome Amy Nofziger, AARP fraud expert, to the podcast. Amy, how's it going? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So, can we reveal where you are, where the call center is? We're going to tell people all about what you do and how you help people uh, avoid and then report. Fraud. Certainly. So I am actually located in Denver, and that is where one of our volunteer managed call centers is. We also have one in Seattle, Washington. Anybody that has any concern about frauds or scams happening in their their lives or families' lives or friend life can call us. Um, we have trained volunteers who answer the phone lines, and again, both of our Denver and Seattle offices. And they are there to guide you and listen to you and to be that trusted voice on the other end of the line. So even if you haven't lost money, but let's say you just got a really suspicious phone call and you're a little nervous about it and you might think it's a scam, certainly call us and report it to us because that's actually how we find out about a lot of our scams or from the people in the community. Anytime you have any suspicion, just call us and we can help you through it. Amy, I hear you've been doing this a while, right? Uh, 15 years. Okay. Yes, okay. A while. Uh, so I'm going to put you on the spot here uh, uh, with a few questions. Yeah. What's the weirdest uh, call you've gotten for, for a type of scam or fraud? Weirdest scam? Well, we always say to our volunteers, you never know what's going to happen when you pick up the other end of that line. So we have gotten complaints about, and I'm not even joking, we've gotten complaints about their bagel was too small. But we certainly treat that like anything else and help them understand how to work with a business with a complaint. But, you know, there's just the scammers are always thinking of stuff, and they're very creative, and they're very nimble. So sometimes um, I even have to scratch my head and go, okay, what are they, what's their motivation behind this? Because I, I feel like I've heard it all. 
Yeah. Everything weird is out there. Well, I like the, I like this small bagel complaint. That seems legit <laughs> to me. As you look back over 10 years or so, uh, how have things changed? Certainly, we've got a lot more technology out there. Yeah, technology has certainly made things change. I will say one of the things that we are certainly dealing with right now are the robo-dials that come from um, like a VoIP operating system or a predictive dialer where your phone rings, you see the phone number, it has a city and state on it, but that is not where the physical location of that person is calling you from. The number bounces around and they could be out of the country. And for a lot of people who didn't grow up with that technology, there is still that misconception or that myth that law enforcement can trace that phone number back to a physical address and, and get those bad guys. But we certainly know that that is not true. And so it's just helping people understand how technology is great, but it also can be used to the scammer's advantage and just how to learn, um, how to teach themselves and learn on their phone. Maybe you don't pick it up if you don't recognize the number, or if you keep getting a number from a scammer, you block that number. As far as who's getting scammed the most, is that a pretty difficult thing to pinpoint? I assume it's all ages, all walks of life. Yeah, everyone everyone has a vulnerability or a trigger to be scammed. It doesn't matter who you are, what your education level is. I always say you need to know what your vulnerabilities are, and they do change. So, right, if you're looking for a job, you're vulnerable to a work-at-home scam or something like that. If you're, like for myself, I'm a mother, I would have a vulnerability with the virtual kidnapping scam. I mean, so, again, know your vulnerabilities um, and know the red flags of them, and that's how you're going to protect yourself. Tell us about the virtual kidnapping scam. That sounds uh, insidious <laughs> and awful, and we, it is. we need to know It that. absolutely is. Yeah, so you'll get a, a phone call or an email saying that one of your loved ones has been kidnapped and um, they are holding them for ransom and that you need to go right away to wire money. It's very similar in the threads of the grandparent scam of, um, you know, your, this is your grandchild calling and they are being held at the jail because they were arrested in a foreign country and you need to go wire money or send a prepaid gift card to them to release this person. So again, what they do is they get you under that, what we call uh, emotional ether, and they get you scared, your heart rate starts going, and you're really not thinking cognitively, you're thinking emotionally, because at that moment, the only thing is on your mind is getting that person safe. Yeah, you know, you mentioned going to get a, a, a money card or something like that. We've talked to some scam victims who have been, you know, directed to, obviously this is a, a relatively common thing, but directed to a local uh, pharmacy or store where they can go to a money machine. And it almost sounds like when they're telling the story that the person is like standing there in the store and watching them like turn right and there's a cash machine right there or something like that. Well, a lot of times, I mean, I just recently heard this last week, a lot of the victims, they'll keep them on the phone. I even heard that this um, scammer was on the phone for 24 hours oh with goodness. the victim. So they're pretty much um, brainwashing them and keeping them under that ether at all times so they can control them. But you're exactly right. They, they know how to use technology to even um, look at these stores, right? To look at the stores, to know where the entrance is, to even know what the victim's houses look like so it makes it seem more legitimate uh that, 24 hours that's that's a dedicated persistent scammer but it gives well, you an, it gives you an idea of how of how much the links they will go to yeah. to get to get what they want absolutely and oftentimes they work in teams um so you know it might not have been them the whole time and people will say well gosh that's a lot of effort and i'm like yeah but they got five thousand dollars from the victim Right, five thousand dollars in twenty-four hours of work. I mean, that's not that's not bad. So, but they don't really have anything else to do. So they will invest that time and the energy. Other than calling 
the number we're talking about here, uh, going to the right authorities and, and discussing something. Uh, is it, and I'm guessing I know the answer to this question, is it ever a wise idea to engage a scammer uh, in a feeling that you might be able to turn the tables on them or something like that? No, no I, again, I have talked to so many people and I've heard so many stories about how, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll egg the scammer on and they'll tell them what a bad person they are or they'll blow a whistle in the phone or they'll leave the phone down. Hang up the phone. Hang up the phone, hang up the phone, delete the email, and hang up the phone. I don't know how many times I can say that because, one, you're giving them an in. You're giving them an in to your life. Regardless if you're blowing a whistle, um, you're giving them an in. And, again, these are good, trained scammers. I've read studies about how scammers will study how to scam people, and they'll read books on persuasion tactics. It's done. They know how to manipulate people, and they know how to get it in. So just hang up the phone, do not engage, and then really report it. Right. Amy, tell us the number to call again and any last uh, last advice you have for people who are worried about or, or need to think about calling about a scam or a fraud. Yeah, the number is 877-908- Three three six zero. Amy, it's been really great and helpful talking to you. Uh, we're going to let you go, but thanks so much, and, and and we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Amy Nofziger is fraud expert for the AARP. For more information and resources on how to protect yourself from scam artists, visit aarp.org. All right, I'd like to thank our producers, Julie Getz and Brooke Ellis, our audio engineer, Julio Gonzalez, and, of course, my co-host, Frank Abagnale. Thanks, Will. And be sure to subscribe, download, rate, and, of course, like our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Are you 55-plus? There are many ways your community could use your help. As an AmeriCorps Seniors Volunteer, you can put your skills to work for the causes you care about, whether that's by becoming a companion for an older adult or a foster grandparent for a child, tutoring students, joining a disaster response effort, or fulfilling another interest. Choose how, where, and when you want to volunteer, starting at just a few hours a month. This is your moment to make a positive impact on your community and get back so much more in return. Visit AmeriCourt.gov slash your moment today.